This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on episode number 214 of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, I've got an interview with Brian Ganey, who has lost over 400 pounds, and he's going to tell us what inspired it and how he did it. You can find everything out at LogicalLoss.com forward slash 214. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. We left our excuses in the past, and we've forgiven ourselves for abusing the gift that is our bodies. From this point forward, our health is more important. We will stay focused. We will stay determined. We will sacrifice now knowing that it's not going to be easy so that we can live a better tomorrow. We understand that weight loss is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about making lifestyle changes and that the only person who can stop you is you. You know where you are now and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin, but I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to do to die it thin. Weight Loss Podcast. I am your host, Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. If you are new to the show, look, I'm not a doctor, not a trainer. I'm just a person like you trying to lose weight. And I wish I would have recorded this podcast yesterday because yesterday I was down to 212.6. Now I know 0.6 actually means 213, which is actually what I'm up to today. I went back up a little bit, little lovely thing called a night out with the family kind of blew that, but uh, I'll talk about that in a second. But if you remember back in November, I was 223. So that means I'm down an official 10 pounds, but it was cool yesterday because when I, uh, I logged in and put in my weight, it was cool to have it say you lost 11 pounds, which was just a polite way of saying, yeah, 10, guess what? Eat it. I'm up 11. It was uh, cool. And, uh, well, I, I've got a uh, an interview today, so I'm not going to talk a, a ton today. But I do want to give you a quick, a quick, yeah, a quick review of something. In fact, I'm going to do this live right now as we speak. Um, as he said, opening the refrigerator because I forget just how bad this stuff is. All right, if you take Nyquil and mix it with licorice, you ready? I'm going to take a little drink of this now. It's called Superberry by eBoost. Ready? Here we go. I'm going to take a sip. Oh, oh yeah, that's bad. It it's almost has a, a hint of bad cider. Oh, ugh. oh yeah. So, um, and I I got some eBoost. I won some basically to make a long story short. And let me pull this out. What's interesting? Is I can't read it. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't uh, drink it because of my high blood pressure. Warning: Consult a physician before use. If you have high blood pressure, heart problems, are taking prescription drugs, or pregnant, nursing, or contemplating being pregnant. Recommended for 15 years or older. 
And it says, it's our premium formula of vitamins, minerals, and super nutrients delivers energy to boost your workout and your life. Now, what's interesting, the ingredients you can't read. Glucoridonaconitone, green tea leaf extract, um, and 110 milligrams of caffeine. Now, see, when I was in junior high, we used to just call this stuff speed. I don't know. I'm silly like that. Um, I have a whole box of um, pink lemonade. And so if you want a couple of samples, I could probably mail you some if you're interested. But that's that's the stuff that Jillian Michaels gave to the people on The Biggest Loser. And uh, it got our, got her in trouble. That, that launched Caffeine Gate. If you want to check this stuff out, it is... It's kind of, like, I guess, depending on how you look at this, the better of two evils versus like five-hour energy and things like that. I don't know. But to me, uh, you can check it out, logicalloss.com forward slash eBoost. But I did want to mention, like I said, this week, I number one, I started my 10-minute trainer, that uh, DVD program. And as much as you think 10 minutes doesn't do anything, wow. 10 minutes, number one, it goes by like that. And it's amazing. I wake up and, and I, I always say this again, obviously I'm not a doctor. If you're going to do any kind of exercise, consult your physician. But also if you wake up the next morning and go, wow, I don't feel this at all. And then start exercising, wait 24 hours because I did the one late at night and didn't really feel it till the next 24 hours later. So uh, if you're interested in uh, those kind of exercise DVDs and such, Go over to LogicalLosers.com. That is our accountability club. And again, don't forget that you can save. Yeah, you can save 50% by just using the coupon code. And there's no spaces here. All lowercase, save, S-A-V-E, 50. When you go over to LogicalLosers.com, get access to our private Facebook group, as well as additional content, much cheaper than... Weight Watchers, and uh, you do get a system where you can weigh in. There's tutorials that will show you how to use things like MyFitnessPal, and just let you know you're not alone when it comes to your weight loss journey. So uh, I do want to, like I said, I, I had a great week this week. It was down to 212. I'm actually still a little behind my schedule. Uh, as of today, I'm weighing 213.4. I should be at 211, and this is for that diet bet thing that I'm in at dietbet.com. So I'm a little behind the eight ball with about, uh, oh, two weeks to go. So I'm going to have to really buckle down here and do a little more exercise and really watch what I eat. Also want to let you know of a great movie to watch on Netflix if you're a Netflix person. Yeah, it's called Hunger for Change. You can find their website, hungerforchange.tv. And uh, I'll put a link to that again out in our show notes, logicalloss.com forward slash 214. Very good movie. And it just explains the evil intentions of people that are supposed to be protecting our food. The fact that, that you are not eating food anymore. You're eating things that look like food that have zero calories, but their primary goal is to make you eat more. And we're getting programmed through chemicals. It's really amazing. It's a great documentary, and uh, I, I highly recommend it. Check it out. It's called Hunger, or I'm sorry, Hungry for Change, not Hunger, Hungry for Change. 
So without that, I'm going to uh, go to my interview. Very inspiring story. I did buy this person's book. I haven't read it yet, but uh, wait till you hear some of the uh, insights here. And I, I love stories like this because there are times when we think that we're just not going to be able to do this. All the, we've talked about all the negativity that goes on in our head. And here's a person who just said no more. That just said no more, which is kind of what I did in November. And I'm hoping that his story will inspire you to say, you know what? Today is my no more day. From this point forward, I decide to take control. Nobody's forcing me to put that in my mouth. Only I can stop me, basically. And you can do it. And the thing I love about Brian is he he doesn't mince uh, any words here. It's not easy. But it proves you can do it. So I'll be talking about his book more in the future. And uh, again, if you want to check it out, go to LogicalLoss.com forward slash two. One, four, and here is my interview with Brian. All right, well, joining me via Skype. The other day, I was uh, thinking about some things we could talk about on the show, and I went to YouTube, and I typed in uh, weight loss inspirational story, and uh, Brian Ganey showed up, and I was watching his story on how he lost 400 pounds, and he's really in my mindset. Here was a, a person, we'll talk about his story, but he did this without weight loss surgery. And uh, the more I watched his video, I was like, oh, I got to get this guy on the show. And uh, so, Brian, thanks so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it, David. Thank you for having me. And uh, so let's talk about that story a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your life growing up and how did you end up, you know, where you were? Sure, sure, absolutely. I had, uh, well, I, I was a, a heavy child. I was overweight uh, as a kid, so I was the typical heavy kid, um, you know, in school, and, and I had that life, and was it, it was pretty miserable. I was bullied, and I was actually a really heavy kid, and so I, I dealt with things like not being able to fit in the desks and, and things like that. And um, probably the only reason that I didn't get any larger than I was, the one benefit I had growing up is that I rode my bicycle everywhere. So that kept me, my weight somewhat in check. But I, I had just historically all, this problem with my weight. And uh, I'm 41 now, but, I, you know, I got to pretty much high school. And when you get to high school and you get a job and you're earning your own money and you're becoming more independent, I, my weight just exploded. And so by the time I graduated high school, I was pushing almost 400 pounds and, uh, and just, it, it was, it's just difficult. It's, you know, being overweight, it's hard. It's, it's very difficult to, to try to wrap your mind around the concept that you need to do something about your weight because it's just so difficult. And at one point in my twenties, when I was about 450 pounds, I had lost most of the weight. Um, I, I actually got down to where I am now. Uh, so I lost about 250 pounds back then, but I had done it in a very extreme way and I wasn't able to keep the weight off. And so I gained it all back. And and that was the reason I mention it is, is because it was just, it, it was a very impactful experience because it was just so depressing. Anyone that's ever lost a lot of weight and gained it all back, it, it's just, it's demoralizing. Was it, and, was, was it like fad diets and things like that? Or how did you lose it? Not a fad diet. Uh, what I had done, I, I started out with good intentions, I guess, like most people. Sure. Uh, but but then, it, and I was very reasonable in the beginning. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I started out walking like I do now and uh, measuring my portions. But but I did the one thing that everyone does and the mistake that we all make, and I'll probably talk about that more later. But you know, I fell in love with the scale, uh. and uh, I became addicted to those results. And uh, I think, like most people with a food addiction and with the problems that I have, I, I think are, are very compulsive people. And I just, I, I every time I'd get on the scale, you know, in the beginning when you're so large and you're eating so little, the the you know you lose ten pounds a week, and so. I, I just got used to that, and and when the weight loss slowed down, I just reacted very, you know, in an extreme way. So right. I would just, you know, over exercise and not eat enough, and you know, th- things like that, and just you know, basically starve myself to try to lose more weight faster. And of course, that's not sustainable. Right. And so, and so I gained it all back. Okay. Um, and that was I was in my mid twenties at that point, and I just it, that set off about twelve years of just just being lost, you know, just really feeling like the, I had it in my mind that because I'd lost the weight and failed that, that it was all my problem and that that was the only way to do it, that, that I knew what worked, but I screwed it up. And so I was just going to be heavy the rest of my life and there's nothing I could do about it. So you, you, to a certain extent, did you kind of just give up and go, well, I guess I'm just made to be this way? Absolutely. To a total extent, I completely gave up. Mm. Uh, entirely. It, it just seemed, I mean, I knew, you know, the weight loss surgery was always out there. Right. And, and I worked at places and had jobs where they would have paid for it. Mm. Um, but the, my problem with that then and now was that I just know myself and I had had friends that had had the surgery and had complications. And I also had friends that had gained all the weight back that had, you know, had the surgery. And then, you know, over time, you know, the bad habits come back and so does the weight. That's it. And I, and and so I thought, you know, I thought if you can defeat it, then what's the point? Right. Because because that's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to always, I'm that way. You know, I, if I can get around it, I will. And so, yeah, so it was, uh, you know, it was, it was a long time, but I had completely given up uh, entirely. I just thought, you know what, this is just going to be what it'll be. Uh, you know, I'll live as long as I can. And, uh, this, you know. I just the, the, this is it, you know. Yeah. This is just the, the, I just I gave up completely. So that's that that's kind of the backstory of how I got to where I was. Gotcha. And of course, where did that lead to? Well, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, health problems. Uh, what what had happened? I, I had really been thinking that it that it was just that I was sick and tired of of the situation that I was in, and then it was time. I was you know in my mid thirties, so I'd have been thirty seven at the time. And I was, what was starting to happen was the, the weight, I had gotten bigger than I'd ever been. I was, I didn't find out until later that I was almost 600 pounds. Wow. Uh, but, and, and that's how it is. It's kind of like the story about the frog that, you know, gets put in the hot water and, and slowly cooks to death. That, that, that's what was happening to me. It was just, the weight was just slowly creeping up and I was starting to lose my mobility. So it was starting to it was starting to become a problem to do everyday tasks. Uh, you know, suddenly I went from just, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm this big and whatever, and, and being fairly mobile, suddenly it's like, you know, I'm not sure I can put my shoes on or, you know, I would fall down and I'm like, I'm not sure I can get up, you know, without calling somebody. And, you know, it just started to really be that problem where it's like, you know, I can't get out of bed or I can't walk a, a short distance. or right. you, start so to, I, you start to build your own prison to a certain yes. extent. That's that's a that is a perfect perfect analogy. It is absolutely a prison, and and like a prison, you just you get used to it and you start to adapt and it becomes your normal. 
Um, but so I knew, I knew I needed to do something, but I just, for the life of me, I could not find the motivation, the willpower, all the things that people say, you know, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't see my way out of it. And, uh, so what happened was, is, uh, this is, I can't believe it's coming up on almost four years ago, but, uh, June, uh, the 19th of 2010, um, I started getting shortness of breath. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'll never forget it. I went to the gas station and I put gas in my car and I walked a very short distance from the gas pump to the, you know, go inside to pay. And I was completely out of breath. And I, and at first I didn't really think much of it, but then I thought, you know, this doesn't make any sense. You know, I have, even in my high weight, you know, this, you know, I feel like I've just walked a great distance or carried a large object up right. the stairs or something, you know, it doesn't, something isn't quite right. So, um, one of the dumbest things I've ever done in my life because it, it, it could have killed me, but I thought, well, you know, maybe I'm just tired. So I went home and went to bed hmm. and I didn't do anything about it. And so I got up the next day and went to work. So this would have been June the 20th of 2010. And of course here in South Carolina in the middle of June, it is, uh, it was over a hundred degrees outside. And, um, just, just luck really. Um, my car had not been running right. And so I, I got my parents to take me to work. I had them pick me up and take me to work and they dropped me off in the parking lot. And I work in a big office building and I was walking toward the front door and just with every step, just less and less air, less and less oxygen until it, until it completely ran out. And, uh, Collapsed in the bushes behind my uh, behind my work, but I did have enough. Uh, I was still conscious enough to be able to call uh, my parents on the phone, and they came back and got me and took me to the emergency room. Wow! And yeah, and what it turned out to be, I, I was it, it. It's just the final indignity, I guess. I was in the emergency room for about eight hours because they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me because of how big I was. I didn't fit in any of the machines mm. to, to, to be able to know what the problem was. So they're like, you know, we just, we're dying to do like a, a CT scan and, and do all these tests. But unfortunately just your size, you know, you just don't fit in any of the machines. So that was like, that was like the first thing where I'm just like, you know what? Enough is enough. Right. When you're, you know, when you're about to die and they can't even tell you why, because you're too heavy to fit in the machine. I mean, that just, just right there, just, I, it, the, the anger and the rage just started to mount. Well, that, and, and kind of tell me if you can remember what was going through your mind. You're, you're laying behind some bushes, you know, sweating, can't get your breath. D did you just think this is it? This is how I'm going out? That's a, that's a, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what I thought. I thought. Because at the time, I, I guess in, when we're, we're going through extreme health distress, we immediately become like doctors because I thought for sure, I was convinced, you know, shortness of breath. I thought this is a heart attack and I'm going to die. And while I was laying there, I was thinking, you know, this is, you know, 37 years. This is it. This, this, is, this is what I get. This is going to be the end of the run. Um, because I had been told in the past I had had some, some heart troubles uh, about 10 years ago. And they told me, the, a cardiologist told me, he said, you know, if you ever, you know, have some type of cardiac event because of your size, you know, no one's really going to operate on you. Uh, the, the risks would be too great. Uh, you just, you know, they would, no one's going to do it. So if something does happen to you, you know, if something does happen to you, they're just, 
you know, they're going to, they're going to, you know, make you comfortable. There's just not going to be a whole lot that will, you know, that, that modern medicine can do for you. So that was the mindset that I was in. And so I thought, you know, I'm having a heart attack. I'm going to die. And, and it was just, it was like a sadness, you know, it's just like, this is, you know, this, this is the mess that I've made. This right. is the, this is the time that I get on this earth, you know, 37 years. That's, you know, that's a really short time. And, you know, so yeah, that, that's how I felt. I thought, and even in the, on the way to the hospital, I felt the same thing. I thought, you know, they're just, I'm going to go and they're just going to tell me that, you know, it just, there's not a lot that they can do. And this is going to re- be a really depressing experience. Right. And then, uh, and then when you get there and they go, we can't even measure you. That's where you're, it's probably fanning the flames of that fear of, yep, here we go. They're not going to be able to do anything. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought because I was there in the ER. I mean, I got in, and, and they were very good. Um, I got in there, and uh, what they couldn't figure out is, well, the, the one bit of positive news was that they ran, they did, they did run the blood tests, and, and they can tell from blood tests whether or not you've had a heart attack hmm. um, because there's an enzyme that's released into your bloodstream when you have a heart attack. So they're like, well, you know, we don't see that, so... And you've got to, you know, they had me hooked up to an EKG and all that stuff. And they, they said, you know, the heart looks good. And I thought, well, you know, hallelujah, this right. is fan- you know, at least something, you know, something. Right. But they said, you know, we can't figure out why you can't breathe mm. because, you know, we take you off the oxygen and you stand up and, you know, your blood oxygen level, blood oxygen level would drop 30 points. I mean, wow. it was just, it was, it was really dramatic. They're like, we just, we don't know. So. Uh, but yeah, that, that was the mindset. I, I just, I thought, you know, end of the road. And, and I guess I, that's just what I was thinking. I just mm-hmm. thought that this, you know, this is the end. And, uh, and, and then when I found out that it, that it wasn't exactly the end, that's when I just, I, but I, I think that, I think it took that. I'm very grateful for what happened because I, I think that had I had that not happened, I would not have done what I did and, and would not be here today. So I, uh, I've always heard people say that I've talked to other people that have, you know, that have almost lost their life or, or had, you know, various near death experiences. And they say also the same thing, you know, you don't truly appreciate what you have and, until you almost lose it. Right. And, uh, so I feel the same way. There you go. So that was kind of the turning point. It's like you said, you're like, all right, enough is enough. I've gotten a second chance here. Um, is it just a case that you, like you said, you've, you've known some people that have had some sort of surgery to uh, help with weight loss. What kind of complications are they having for somebody who doesn't know that it's not a cure-all? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the complications are many. Um, and, and I, you know, I know a lot of people that have had the surgery and I work with a lot of people that have had it. So I kind of sometimes walk a fine line between, right. you know, between railing against it and and not attacking anyone personally. But um, you know, it, the, the complications are, I mean, essentially what weight loss surgery is, and there are various forms of it, but, um, it's, you know, it's, it's forced starvation. Basically they either, depending on what type of surgery you have, your, your, your digestive tract is altered to allow the absorption of less calories. So if it's, if it's regular gastric bypass surgery, you know, they're essentially amputating a large part of your stomach. Um, and so there's just all kinds of things that can go wrong. The worst thing that I've heard of happening is, uh, the stitches bust open and, uh, just the, you know, the food matter is just released into your bloodstream. So you, you know, you, that's like, you know, septic shock. Um, so that, that happens. Uh, And I've heard where, because you've redirected your food, 
you don't get the nutrient, you don't, the nutrition doesn't get into your bloodstream. So now you've got to take a bunch of vitamins and all sorts of supplements to make up for the fact that your food's been, you know, detoured basically. Is that correct? That is. Uh, absorption of nutrients is another problem. So some people take, um, do take vitamins the rest of their life. Um, you know, can't eat certain foods. Uh, some people tolerate things differently. Sometimes uh, food goes right through you, mm. uh, which is uh, inconvenient which, to say the least. Yeah, quite, quite inconvenient, and uh, it's it's something that they call dumping, uh, mm. where you just you just eat, and you know you can use your imagination from right. there. So, it uh, you know we always say you know my food ran right through me. Well, in their case, it really does. Wow. Um, so yeah, and and. I have one friend, uh, she had the gastric bypass surgery uh, back in the late 90s uh, when it was um, not really a new procedure, but, you know, not like it is today. And so she's had to be reoperated because they didn't exactly do it right. And mm. uh, and so, yeah, so and, and just and of course, you can't really eat anymore. Your your portions are, are very mm. small, which which I couldn't do. Even now, I couldn't I couldn't be restricted into you know in the amount that i eat it would be very difficult so, so uh i guess my question would be you're sitting there you're like okay i've got to do something you had convinced yourself when you were younger that this is the way i guess i'm just supposed to be i'm not going to do the the surgery how did you figure out then okay there's got to be a plan c then it's not surgery it's not what i did in the past you know how did you get on the right track Sure, sure. I, I, I can tell you, David, the turning point for me, the, the 180 was this. When I'm after the end of that long day in the ER, the, the cardiologist comes out and he goes, well, you know, we're going to have to guess here uh, because we just don't know what, what but, he, but he said, you know, here's what's in front of me. And he said, it's not your heart. You didn't have a heart attack. Um, somehow at that high weight, I didn't have diabetes, almost did, but it was, it, it hadn't set in yet. And uh, he said, you know, based on the, the shortness of breath and the lack of oxygen, you know, we think you've had what they call a pulmonary embolism. We think that blood clots have, have clogged the arteries in your lungs. And, you, you know, they told me it was a good thing that I came in when I did because, you know, if I had waited even just a few more hours, I'd be dead. Wow. And, then I, and then I later did research that um, – and I didn't know this. I had never heard of it before. It was the first I'd ever heard of it, but – uh, it's the second leading cause of uh, sudden death in the United States after cardiac arrest is pulmonary embolism. People just, they just drop dead um, because it just, you know, we have an inactive lifestyle in this country. Or it also happens to people that travel in airplanes a lot where the blood clots form in the legs due to inactivity. They travel to the lungs and it collects over time. There's no outward symptoms and then just bam, you know, mm. the the lights go out. So. I thought, well, this is, so that was, that was the first thing. That was the, the thing one was just realizing, you know, I made it and, and, and I've been given a second chance. And so that's the first thing. And the second thing was the treatment was just absolutely miserable. Um, I was in the hospital for a week, um, about six days. And what they do is they hook you up to a IV pump and you're in bed, and I was on oxygen, and they're pumping blood thinners into my body to try to get the, the, the blood clots to dissolve. And uh, it, it just, I, I mean, I don't really have a word for it except to just say that it sucked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was pure misery because I couldn't shower because of all the tubes and the wires. And so I laid there for a week, no shower, um, 
and I had, you know, when you're in the hospital, it's, you're in unfamiliar surroundings. Your entire, everything is laid bare. You know, there's no secrets in the hospital. You know, you're in a gown. Uh, I had to have everyone help me do everything uh, because of just how large I was. Uh, and it's, you know, you're in an unfamiliar situation. So it's a, it's a different bed. It's a different bathroom. It's a different chair. Uh, I didn't fit in any of it. And so it just, what had started in the ER, just that, just that, that anger mm. that this is, you know, that I, I am not going to live this way anymore. You know, I'm 37 years old. I don't need people to help me do things. This is unacceptable. And I just couldn't take it anymore. And what made it work, what, well, I, I don't want to say what made it worse. It actually wound up being better. But uh, what I couldn't stand was I couldn't stand the sympathy. You know, I couldn't stand, you know, doctor after doctor coming in and telling me, well, you know, you really should have the weight loss surgery. And, and just the, the condescending undertone of that, uh, basically someone saying to me, you know, because you can't stop eating right. and, be, you know, you know we're going to have to, you know, open you up, uh, chop out your stomach, and that's that's just the way it's going to be. That's your only fate. And and then they start to present it as that's the only option, as if the idea of eating less food and, and exercising more is just completely not a possibility. And just the more I endured of that and the more just the, the sympathy and the, the people wanting to help me and, and the, you know, good intention, but just I didn't want it. Right. And I just and I just realized, you know, I've had enough. I have had enough. And I just, I mean, I would get, I would just, you know, this little little table in front of your bed where they, you know, put your food. I would just pound my fist on that table and just say, no more, no more. You know, no more being in the hospital. No more not being able to shower. No more of this. And I had one nurse. Out of all the people I saw in the hospital, there was really only one person that told it to me straight. And she just told me. She said, you know, what's going to happen if you don't do something about this is you're just going to keep coming back over and over again. It's going to be it's always going to be this way. It's going to be one health problem after another. And that's when you realize, see, I, I think a lot of people, when they get to be my size, they start to believe the lie, which is that I'll just I'll do whatever I want. I'll eat how much ever I want to eat. And then one day I'll just drop dead. And, and that's not what happens. It mm-hmm. would be if that I think if that were the case. It, it wouldn't be so bad, but the fact is it doesn't work that way because the health complications start to set in. You know, you, you go along, you weigh this much, and then one day, here's diabetes. Right. And, the, and then one day, you have a stroke. And, but you, you're still alive. But it, so it's just like this tortured existence of one health problem after another. And they, you know, they had to come in every two hours and draw blood. And because of how heavy I was, I mean, they could hardly ever get a, you know, get a vein to, to do it. So poke, 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 you know, needle, needle, needle. Yeah, the, the, and, my wife's a nurse. The last place to get any kind of rest is a hospital. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's horrible. It, it really is. I mean, I'm glad they're there if I need them. Right. But uh, it, it really is hell on earth. Um, and and I, I just, by the time they let me out. I was just on fire. I was like an animal in a cage. And I, I was just, I, I walked out of there and, and I thought I am never coming back. I don't, I don't want to see you people. I don't want to have weight loss surgery. I don't want to come back to the hospital. I know what to do. I, and, and I remember, I mean, and you do have to hit rock bottom. Right. You really do. I, I mean, it is so true what anyone says about, you know, changing your life with any type of addiction or, or anything that you need to change. You've got to get to that point. You've got to get to the point where 
I have had enough. I can't take it anymore. And, and then you just become unstoppable because you just, you've, you've had enough. You just, it's, it's, this is unacceptable. This is not going to continue. And I didn't care how long it took. I had no timeline. I knew that I didn't want to lose the weight quickly because I know where that leads. I know that it would all come back. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'm just, this is going to be different. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to do it right. I don't care if it takes how, I don't care how long it takes. And I, and I remember one doctor, I asked, I said, you know, he's telling me, you know, weight loss surgery, weight loss surgery, weight loss surgery. I mean, it's like they're, they're paid to tell you to do it. Right. I mean, and, and they probably are, but <laughs> it, it, it just, I asked him, I said, you know, well, what, you know, I said, what do you think about me doing it on my own? You know, what, and I remember, I mean, it was, it was like I had personally insulted him just by asking the question. Wow. He, he was like, well, you know, um, you know, it just, you know, it would take you three years to even just lose 300 pounds. You know, it would take forever. And now, I, I, I just, I thought at the time, I thought, you know, that would be good, though, because that would be three years of behavior modification where I have learned how to eat, and that's going to, it's going to be lasting, as opposed to I go have the weight loss surgery and lose 300 pounds in nine months, and I've learned nothing. You know, I, there, there's been no time for anything to set in. So, so that was really, that, that was my thinking. You know, it was just... I couldn't have been, I am to this day, I couldn't be more fired up about the, the fact that, that that's just unacceptable. It's just not an option. I'm, I'm just, I'm not going back there and I will do whatever it takes. And, uh, I, I think that once, once you make that choice and you make that decision, it just, it, it, it just, it really set me free because no matter what obstacle I've come across, no matter how difficult it's gotten, I just have to do what I have to do. And, uh, you know, it isn't easy. There's nothing easy about this. But I think that anyone in this situation, you've got to hit rock bottom. It, it has to get so bad that you just can't take it anymore. And then you'll change. And uh, do, you think that's, that's, do you think that's something that can be, like, can somebody say, okay, today is my rock bottom? Or, like, can that be manufactured to a certain extent? I don't know. I, I know all I can speak about is is my own experience. Yeah. See that, that that's this year I've already I'm down eleven pounds. I mean I've been doing this show for three years and I've lost it and gained it and lost it and gained it. And uh, in November I went to dry myself off in the shower, and for whatever reason pulled every muscle in my upper body to where I couldn't move and I just went okay that's enough because when oh, I wow. when I get over two ten my knees hurt and when I get above two fifteen my back starts to hurt and I was at two twenty three I was going the wrong way. And I just went, okay, I'm listening. I, my body has my attention, and, I, and I've just been kind of like what you said. You just decide, okay, no more. And, uh, well, that could, that, I mean, that could be your rock bottom. I think I mean, it is. You know. that, that's my goal at this point because I don't want to have to go back up and then come back down. And yeah, it, I mean, it, yeah, and, and just, just what you said there, you don't want to have to go back up and come back down. I mean, that right there, the realization, it's like, you know what, be, you know, the, the weight loss roller coaster sucks. So I want to get off. Yeah. There's no benefit to it. There, there's, I mean, if you lost 20 pounds in 20 minutes, there, there would be no benefit to you whatsoever because all the weight's going to come back because there's, there's no lasting change. Right. Well, tell us, anybody that wants to buy your book, and again, the book is called Impossible, How I Lost Nearly 400 Pounds Without Surgery. 
Um, obviously, there's part of the story that we've talked about today. Do you get into like, are you using any kind of gadgets or tools or you know what? How do you uh, what? What can we expect if we? Because I just actually number one, I just bought your book, so you'll see a sale today. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm a big Kindle guy. I love my Kindle, so I, that's a beautiful thing. But if somebody wants to pick up your book, what else are they going to find out in the book? You know, it's the whole story from start to start to now. Um, it is. I like to tell people that it's it's not really a diet book. Uh, I, I'm not going to tell you exactly what to eat because I don't believe that diets work. I, I mm. think that we're I think that we're all different, uh, and that could be disappointing to some people because that's the way that the weight loss industry operates. Sure, is that you go to somebody and say, okay, eat this, this, eat this, and eat this, and don't eat that, and don't do this. Well, you know, I might like different things than you like. Uh, I can't stand broccoli. You might like it. That kind of thing. So, but it just, it starts out, you know, some of the things we talked about at the beginning of my journey and just how I got to where I am, how the frustration mounted, the anger mounted until I just, you know, exploded and couldn't take it anymore. But I think that the greatest benefit about it is I love, now I'm a big technology guy. I love my computer and my smartphone and, and I love the internet and I love the world of technology. But I think that the, the, the undercurrent of the book is the fact that it's just back to basics and it's very old school. Hmm. Um, the number one exercise to this day for me is walking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's free. You can do it anywhere. Uh, there's no excuse not to do it. Uh, well, unless you have a couple of feet of snow on the ground, <laughs> then, you know, that, then I'll give you a pass, but, uh, but, but I mean, it's, there are these things called malls that have, you know, that you can walk around in and in yeah. gyms and treadmills that you can get for your, uh, bedroom you know that that's exactly it and uh it is the anti uh quick fix book it, it is just it is all about how can i change my life that's going to stick that it's going to be permanent because there is and i tell audiences this all the time there is no point to losing weight unless you're going to keep it off and, mm-hmm. and you have you really intellectually you have to stand back and accept understand and realize that there is, there's just no point to it because if you lose all the weight, you push a button, it's all gone. It's going to come back. And, and that process of the weight coming back is so it, – it's just paralyzing. It's so depressing. It will set you back 10 years. I mean because you will just be like, oh, well, you know, I guess I'm just going to be fat the rest of my life. And, and you just become depressed and miserable and unhappy and it, it makes everything difficult. Whereas if you lost the weight more slowly and you kept you, – you were able to keep some of it off – then you, then you start to realize, hey, you know, I can do this. Uh, so I just I talk about you know things like walking, uh, you know, tools of the trade. Um, I, I think that what you need is is really very basic. I to this day use a pen and pad uh, of paper as my food journal. Hmm. Um, you know, I measure my calories and my portions, and I write it down. And I find for me, I mean, I use my phone sometimes, and I've used all the various apps and things like that, and they're all fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I find just that, you know, writing, you know, by my own hand on the paper, it's, it's built in accountability for me. Uh, it, it makes it, there's just something about it. It's kind of like signing your name. It feels official. You feel like you're committed to it. Well, there's, uh, there's a lot of research that talks about just writing down your goals. The, the, yeah. There's something about the physical act of writing it down that somehow just makes it more official. I agree. And, and also as a progress check, when you're able to, you know, you get to the end of the day and you think, man, you know, I just, I'm, I, I feel hungry. Uh, 
and you, you can look at the paper and say, well, you know, I ate that, I ate that, you know, I've got some room left over, you know, what do the previous days look like, you know, did I maybe not eat as much yesterday, and that's why I'm hungry today, I mean, it's just, it's fantastic, uh, so I'm a big proponent of, of just very, you know, basic uh, writing it down, I think it's. I think it's essential. I don't. I don't think, especially for somebody like me who just you know wants to eat constantly, I, I don't think there's any way around uh, documenting you know some way keeping a food journal. Um, I, I don't think it's possible to keep the weight off and be successful without you know keeping track. Right. And so, um, and so I just talk a lot about that. There's also a lot in there you'll find about you know I absolutely despise the weight loss industry oh, yeah. uh, and and I rail against uh, a lot of it because I just I don't think it does any good and you know we spend billions of dollars a year on an on an industry that has about a 95 percent failure rate yep and uh, so people are you know really being ripped off and so I talk about that and so it's just you know it's just a whole lot about you know my journey you know how I got to where I am and and how I'm you know keeping it off and it's it's a lot of hard work but it can be done and you know there's that doctor way back then that I got the book title from who just told me it would be impossible to do it on my own and so that's what I decided to call the book. There you go. Now, obviously, I would think somewhere along the that travel of losing 400 pounds, you you might have taken a a, a wrong turn somewhere there. How did you? Stop yourself from, I always use the example of, you know, if you have a flat tire, you know, if you're the person that you, you woke up and you, uh, you had your whatever, your protein shake or whatever it is that you think you're doing is super healthy and, and you get to work and, oh, it's a pizza party and you had the, the two pieces of pizza and you want to just jump off a cliff because you knew you couldn't do it. And I always say, just because you have a flat tire doesn't mean you have to get out and take a knife and stab the other three because then you're like, well, I had two pieces of pizza, so I'm going to eat, uh, you know, Snickers and I'm going to go crazy with some candy. When I get home, I'm going to eat a, you know, a, a pound of spaghetti the size of my head. How did you stop yourself from not going down the same road of, oh, well, here we go. You know, I, I knew I couldn't do it. You know, all those negative thoughts that, that want to just overtake you. How did you keep your, your, your brain in the game, I guess? Sure, sure. That's a fantastic analogy, by the way. I think I'll steal that. I love that. Uh, just because you have a flat tire, you don't have to get out and stab the other three. Um, that's very true. I, I think that, and I have a very regimented diet. I eat the same things a lot of the time, and, and I eat a lot of them, but I think the answer to that is essentially what you said. It's that you a routine is essential. I think that all of this is impossible without the establishment of a daily routine, mm. whatever that is for somebody. So if you think of it this way, if you think, okay, every day, you know, I get up, I'm going to eat breakfast, and it's impossible to keep weight off without eating breakfast. It has to be done. Um, so you get up, you know, and, and we've, I don't like eating in the morning. Nobody does. Uh, it's not really something we want to do, but I force myself to eat breakfast. So if I know that I have to eat breakfast every day and then a couple hours later I'm going to eat lunch and a couple hours after that I'm going to have a snack and so on. And so I have that routine and that routine is set and that routine is non-negotiable. So then I go to work and like you said, they're having an office pizza party and, and all the temptation is there. And you think about the, you know, the, the holidays just happened with all the junk food everywhere and so you have something that's not part of your routine. The way to get back on the horse is to just say, okay, that's what I did. And in my case, I would write it down. I'd say, okay, you know, I had three pieces of pizza and I, I'm going to, you know, research to the best of my ability, you know, how many calories that is. I'm going to write it down. 
and I'm going to get back on the horse. And I overate one day out of my entire life. Uh, nobody died. It's not the end of the world. Right. Uh, but it's an isolated incident. And you just get back on the horse and you just you keep moving. And that's, that's the way, you know, it, it really is just you fall down, you get up. I mean, that's it. I mean, it's just you don't, you know, like when you're a kid trying to learn to ride a bike, you know, you didn't – just you didn't just wreck and fall down and say oh well you know i guess i can't do that now i might as well go you know to the buffet you know it just it's it's the same thing i i just i think that if you have a routine and you have that established and you do something that's outside of it then you just say you know what i'm going right back to what i know works which is i need to be on the straight and narrow i'm going to i'm going to go for my walk i'm going to eat the food that i planned on eating and that just was whatever it was and uh, so that's my best advice. But it's go. happened. I mean, I mean, it's happened to me. Sure. I mean, I, I've had every wrong thing you could possibly imagine <laughs> happen, but uh, including getting on the scaling, having it be more and not less, and you know all the depression that comes with that. But, right. but you know, it, well, and it's like you said, if you if you're tracking your travels and you have a couple good days and you can see what works, then it's a matter of okay. It's like you said, I had one bad day. I'm going to trust the system that I've put together here. I've yes. seen where it's worked. I'm going to go back and do the system and go back to doing what's right. I'm not a bad person. I'm not a horrible human being. And uh, I'm going to do – I know I can do this because I did it three days ago. And I'm going to do it again and get back on the horse. So very cool. That's uh, that's good to hear. That's that's kind of what I've been trying to do. And it's, it's like you said. You keep saying this. And it's the one thing I, I – as much as we want to hear it's easy, uh, it's not. It's hard. No, it's not. It and, is. Uh, I always tell people it's simple because it is kind of calories in versus calories out to a certain right. extent. But by no means is it uh, easy. So awesome. Well, hey, I want to. I don't want to keep you too long. I just wanted to, uh, you know, get you on, get your story, and uh, tell everybody about your book. You got to go out to uh, Gainey's G A N E Y dot com just to see the pictures because. When you go to his website, you have one picture of you there when you were heavy, and you're in the exact same spot on the right-hand side, and it looks like you were hiding behind yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that. It's like, wait, wait, wait. The first guy moved, and there's this little guy behind him, and it's amazing. So I congratulate you on your, your awesome success, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to – I very much um, – I'm admired by just your spirit and your determination, and uh, I've always told people, you know, weight loss surgery – you know, there is another alternative, and uh, you are now. I'll just be telling everybody: go to Gainey.com, listen to this guy because he's. It's uh, it's not a uh, fictional story; it's real life. He did it, and uh, if you can do it, you know they can too. Well, I appreciate that, David. Thank you for having me. Wow, you know, it's it's one of those things when you listen to that. We kind of know that if we don't take care of ourselves, that we're going to end up prematurely dead. And in Brian's case, we, we cannot give up. You can't. It's kind of like if you're on a, a treadmill and you stop, you just get thrown backwards. And when we give up, we just get thrown backwards. And that backwardsness is our life. Right? And we've got to keep going. And the longer we wait, the harder it is. I, I read a great quote the other day. They said the best day to, to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time to plant it to plant a tree uh, is now. And so the other quote I saw that said, a year from now, you'll wish you had started today. And that was the one I went, wow, you know what? Think about what you could do in a year. 
if you started doing the right things today. And we know we're not going to be perfect. You know, yesterday was not a perfect day for me. I got kind of sideswiped. They said, oh, guess what? We want it. We all want to go to Longhorn Steakhouse. I'm like, ah, it's hard to find things to eat in Longhorn because everything now is, you know, chicken with cheese and this and that and in portions, you know, baked potatoes the size of your head. And sure enough, the scale reflected. I went, you know what? That's okay. I'm going to get back just like Brian said. It's not the end of the world. I'm going to get back on the system. I'm going to look at what I'm doing in my tracking. I know how many calories I can eat without starving myself. We have to come up with something we can live with. I have to live with this system. So I want to thank you so much, Brian, for coming on the show. And uh, if, you, if you want to help Brian, you know, do me a favor. Go out to LogicalLoss.com. Go out, buy the book. You can get it in a paper book. You can get it as a Kindle book. They're both really inexpensive as our way of saying thank you. And by buying the book through that link, you help support this show. Like I said, I've already bought my copy. I'll be talking about it in the future. And um, thank you so much for tuning in. A lot of great stuff coming up in the future. Uh, Alice sent me some great stuff about tying your Fitbit in with MyFitnessPal. That's really cool. Uh, We'll be talking uh, tonight. If you listen to this tonight at the Logical Losers, uh, Monday nights are the night we do our accountability calls. So sign up today. Again, use the coupon code SAVE50. That's uh, good now through March as we do our little grand opening here. And uh, we're all helping each other hold each other accountable for those days when you fall off the wagon. So we'd love to see you over there. Go ahead again. LogicalLosers.com is our accountability club. Logical Loss is where you can find this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Going to leave you with my favorite Julian Michaels quote. That is, why are you choosing failure when success, just like Brian said, you know what? Success is still an option, and that's the way I'm going to go. Thank you so much. God bless. Take care. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. If you're listening to this on a website, please consider subscribing to us for free in iTunes by going to LogicalLoss.com forward slash iTunes. You can contact me via email by sending an email to Dave at LogicalLoss.com or call in your comments toll free. 888-563-3228. You can sign up for our free newsletter and participate in our forums at our website, which is LogicalLoss.com. Our theme music is courtesy of SkinnySongs.com. Thanks again for listening. You know, they say knowledge is power. Knowledge is only power when it's acted upon. You can do this. Live right. Lose weight. Live long. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it. Thin. I want to try it. Can't buy it, guess I'll have to just to die it then Won't kill your life, spin I want smaller thighs, spin But I realize I guess I'll have to exercise